The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, to bring you up to speed with the latest in relation to RTE, as has been the case on most days over the past few days, much has happened. Also, as has been the case on most days over the past few days, we have requested that a representative of RTE would join us on the show to discuss all that is emerging. And as has been the case on all days of the recent days, uh, no RTE person has been available. What has happened today is we have a statement from D Forbes who has resigned as Director General of RTE and in resigning has sought to explain uh, her role in relation to the payments made to RTE which were not stated publicly and she has also criticised the board for the manner in which it has interacted with her in the past number of days. In addition to that, We've had quasi-statements from Claire Byrne and from Joe Duffy, both of whom have gone on their shows to talk about their own remuneration and to indicate that they have received no remuneration beyond that which is publicly disclosed from RTE. In Claire Byrne's case, €280,000, down 70 from 350000 when she was doing both television and radio. And Joe Duffy, who said he is on 351000 with 51000 of that relating to his payment for television. We've just seen a statement from Miriam O'Callaghan who has uh, made her statement on Instagram saying for the purposes of transparency, honesty and clarity I want to put on the record that my most recent published fee from RTE €263,500 is correct as are the published fees for previous years. I have never received additional payments from RTE that were not publicly declared. It's hard to put into words how incredibly sad I have been since this story broke last Thursday. I had no idea this was coming down the tracks. I feel you... Our listeners and viewers have been badly let down. I love RTE. It's a wonderful place to work, full of superb people who work very hard and conscientiously every day to deliver good programmes. Right now, there's profound shock, anger and sadness among everyone working there. All we can do as journalists now is cover this story as rigorously as we cover every other story. That's what we did on primetime last Thursday, on the day the story first broke, and that is what we will continue to do. I'm joined now by uh, Melanie Phil, Finn, I should say, who is, of course, senior news correspondent with The uh, Independent, and David Duffy, CEO and co-founder of the Corporate Governance Institute. And Mel, let me start with you in relation to all that has emerged today, because there is a lot of it. And let's begin with D Forbes. D Forbes was suspended as Director General. She has now offered her resignation um, effective immediately and detailed in a statement her interactions and involvement in these payments. That involvement is what? Her involvement in those payments is that she essentially brokered the deal um, around the renewal of Ryan Tuberty's contract. And this was in early 2020 that she says it all began. And it was during a time when, you know, the board in RTE had committed to reducing the fees that paid to Ireland's top talent by a further 15% as part of this cost-cutting measures that they were bringing in. Um, so then she then went into a kind of very complicated relationship. She said as part Part of that bid to reduce costs, they reached out to a commercial partner um, to essentially provide two payments of €75,000 to Ryan Tuberty. And this is 2020, 2021, of course, the pandemic hit. She said it was not delivered until 2022, at which stage the commercial partner did not renew the contract. 
But if you're still with me, Anton, Renault Ireland had underwritten the contract whereby um, RTE had guaranteed it. Or, yeah, they yeah, had guaranteed RTE to pay it anyway. Yes, yes sorry. <laughs> so by that stage, he they did in fact um, pay the extra 75000 by this very complicated arrangement through this firm in London. Um, and it ended up costing them, I believe, over 230000 in total. Um, so it was very convoluted, very con- complicated. And she basically said, I very much regret the upset and adverse publicity suffered by RTE. But she said, I am the person ultimately accountable for what happens within the organization. And I take that responsibility seriously. She tendered a resignation to RTE with immediate effect. But she said at the very end that she wants to reiterate she engaged fully with the board, but they did not treat her with anything approaching the levels of fairness, equity and respect that anyone should expect as an employee, a colleague or a person. And all of this has had a very serious and ongoing impact on my health and well-being. So she released that statement like shortly before 7.30 this morning. So we had about an hour or two to kind of scramble the latest on the story in the newsroom. 10 a.m. then Claire Byrne reads out her statement, which you detailed at the start of the show. So basically, Claire Byrne was, you know, the first in that top 10 list to break their silence, with, of course, the exception of Ryan Tuberty. Um, and then that was followed quickly by Joe Duffy who also detailed his remuneration package during his show. And then, of course, just as I sat down here to talk to you, we have Miriam O'Callaghan explaining that her figure of 263,500 is correct. Now, can we go back through some of this, Mel, because it is obviously quite complicated, and I think we need to separate two things. People will be interested, aggrieved, resentful, whatever it might be, about the sheer scale of presenter salaries as they are and as they have been in perpetuity. But if they are publicly negotiated and stated, that's one Mm. entirely separate issue. So this is to do with the level of transparency that applied or didn't apply. Now, if we look at D Forbes' statement, at the heart of this was the question, why was this Byzantine methodology used when it did not save RTE any money? RTE had to give a credit note to Renault for the €75,000. So the money, instead of coming to RTE, it went to Ryan Tuberty Direct. But RTE saved nothing on it. In fact, it cost RTE an additional €80,000 to do this. Is there anything in D Forbes' statement that explains why it was therefore done? As in why the convoluted arrangement was done in the first place? If it was cost negative to RTE, if it cost them money to do it, why did they do it? No, it doesn't. And that's kind of why, that's the central question hanging over all of this. Why was this done? Um, you know, she, may, she kind of alludes to the fact that they were keen to keep Ryan Tuberty and um, his services as a valued presenter and to negotiate a new contract. But she doesn't delve into the reasons behind why they then saw fit to use this London-based company to provide some credit from a barter account unfortunately I'm not a, I don't have an accountancy degree um, But can I pick able, up on that as well Mary, because that, that, that's an issue as well she, because she highlights it specifically in her statement she says because of the commercial nature of the arrangement mm. it was decided to pay the invoices from the commercial barter account mm. 
which was in credit. Now, the fact that an account is in credit does not necessitate that it be the account that is used. RTE has revenues of, of 300 million per annum. I'm sure they have many accounts from which they can pay 75,000 mm. euro. So is there any further explanation as to why that was selected? No. No, um, the kind of the central issue that um, most people have with all of this, since the whole scandal erupted last Thursday, is that these statements are only adding to further questions because a statement, as you know, Anton, isn't an interview with a journalist, okay? They're not answering the questions that a, a journalist would, answer, would ask someone in that position, like Dee Forbes or any of the Orty board or any of the executives, exactly like, why did you enter into such a complicated relationship? What was in it for Orty? What exactly were they getting back in return? And why do it in the first place? Um, now, she details those 20... 20 to 2022 payments but she also is at pains to point out that she had nothing to do with the payments the overpayments the hidden payments essentially made in the years leading up to that she said she can't shed any light on that so again this raises further questions and i think people are really frustrated at the drip feed of information coming out and the fact that so few people will actually go on the record and allow themselves to be interviewed as we're trying to get to the bottom of this and understandably this huge public fury about this, about how it came out, why was it sat on for so long and why was it done in the first place? With us as well is David Duffy, CEO and co-founder of the Corporate Governance Institute. David, can I ask you, a lot of people have been saying that this raises concerns about corporate governance in RTE. But corporate governance tends to mean systems of oversight and, and processes by which you deal with risk. If your most senior executive has been involved in the creation of a deal that causes them to ultimately have to be resign, uh, have to resign, and which their chairman, as was at the time, describes as something resulting in a profoundly serious lack of transparency, is that a corporate governance issue? Yeah. <clears throat> so the, the transactions are quite convoluted and be hard for the ordinary person in the street to follow. But it seems to be an unusual transaction. And typically, there's a document called, you know, what decisions the board can take versus the CEO can take. And uh, that's generally laid out. And I'm sure RT has that. I'd be surprised they don't. But there's, there's also matters which are a bit grey. And there might be transactions which don't fall within either of those. But that's a call for the CEO or the director in this case saying, I'm not quite sure about this. I'd like to run this past the board. Now, the board in this case has two committees. It has an audit and risk committee. And the role of the audit committee is to make sure that, um, you know, the, the records of RT record all transactions which are relevant to its activities. And these are then signed off by the board and included in the annual report for the year. There's also a remuneration management development committee, uh, which is also, I presume, signs off on the contracts for each of the uh, top presenters and then gets the board to approve those. Um, so there's probably two committees here that probably should have been aware of what was going on. But if this information didn't come to the board, it's hard for them to know. And that's a, that, that's an issue for the board to figure out, well, are there other transactions like this that we don't know about that should get to the board? But what caught my attention brought up by your, your reporter there was the commercial barter account. Um, and that, that could be quite normal. But certainly from an order point of view or an internal order point of view, that's something I would have thought that should get some 
greater attention than perhaps other accounts because it's an unusual name to have for an account. Um, and when the if the internal auditor is looking at things, that's something I'd be looking at. I'm, I'm a chartered accountant by background as well. Well, g- given your chartered accountant background and given the corporate governance issues, what of the fact that the invoices that we are told were sent were anonymized? Is that common practice that there wouldn't be a name on an invoice that relates to services provided by an individual? I would say it's highly unusual. <clears throat> highly unusual. Because, you know, um, from an, an audit point of view, you'd want to know, you know, why is that invoice being raised and to whom and why? So what services have been provided? Having it anonymized would be highly unusual. Highly. That is David Duffy, who is CEO and co-founder of the Corporate Governance Institute and before him, Melanie Finn, who is senior news correspondent with the Irish Independent 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. If you want to get in touch or you can get us 87 106 And continuing the theme of, of public confirmations of salaries, Brendan O'Connor has joined the pack. Uh, he is, according to himself, €245,000 up from €220,000. And again, the fact of what any of these presenters ultimately gets paid is something of a side issue. It may be a a side issue on which people may want to focus, but the issue is whether or not there were additional payments in uh, being given to any of those presenters from any kind of third parties or barter arrangements or corporate uh, third parties. And in the instance of every single individual who so far, so far has come forth to explain how they are paid, they have all said that no, this is not the case. It is just straight the amount that RTE pays us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.